All right, so uh, this is kind of a, a weird little path. I mean, I guess there's been a, a lot of times where we go down weird rabbit holes to get to different places. But uh, so last week we watched Green Acres. And it's like if you wanted to split up our little podcast into eras, like I feel like that was like the end of part one where it was color and it was that like end of an era, that rural purge you were talking about where they got rid of the sort of uh, these like country fried sort of shows, but they also got rid of the Westerns. They got rid of the uh, variety shows like Ed Sullivan, like all the early TV stuff we've been watching comes to an end around that time around the yeah, 70s yeah well if that was the end of the purge it was well chosen because <laughs> and i feel like uh, you know we kind of meandered our way through different stuff but but that's a pretty good overview over these past six months however long we've been doing this i feel like that's a pretty good overview of early tv uh so i was thinking now we could just we'll just keep meandering around but we can expand it out a little instead of sticking with just early tv we'll just go wherever because you mentioned last week, which I thought was a good idea since we've been going between England and uh, America, what if we directly contrasted shows that might be on either side or if there's a direct comparison? So like, for example, uh, like Hogan's Heroes, is there a British equivalent? And there's not directly, like it's going to, it's still something we could do in the future, but that's going to take me more research to figure out what, is there a World War II sitcom from England? What would be the equivalent? So for now, uh, instead of piecing together disparate things like that, uh, I figured why not just look up actual exact remakes, shows that do have a direct remake in the other country, and we'll just check some of those out so we can see both sides. So the first thing I came upon was actually the reverse, the more rare thing of uh, the American show coming first and then the British show coming second. Usually that's not the case. But that happened with Golden Girls. They had a British version of Golden Girls that started right as our Golden Girls was ending. But it was a huge failure. Everyone hated it. It ran half a year and was canceled. But that's not what we're going to watch because I couldn't find it. It's like, yeah, it's just there's no episodes. However, I did find it just to see what it's like. Uh, a trailer for it. So this is just a little ad they played on TV. And it gives you a sense of it. And it is like, yeah, I guess it's Golden Girls. It's called The Brighton Bells. And it just feels wrong. I think that's what's going to be the case with all these. Just these things are going to feel wrong. A daughter arrives in Brighton with some happy news. But can Frances cope? And the wedding is here in Brighton. And I, <laughs> I want to invite you. <laughs> can you come? Marvelous. <laughs> Uh, I'd like you to meet Gilbert, my ex-husband, and this is his wig. Absolutely brutal. Brighton Bells, Tuesday at 8.30. So we saved ourselves that. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> if I could have found it, we would have watched that, but lucky for us, I, I just couldn't find an episode anywhere. Yeah, I don't think I'll be looking forward to that. And everything I looked up about it, yeah, because like Golden Girls is, uh, it's a classic. Yes, I mean, it, it holds is. up really well. Yes, it is. But then what that led me to is uh, just researching that show. You know, obviously B. Arthur was the star of our Golden Girls, and uh, apparently she was in a remake of Faulty Towers. Really? Yeah. That's, An American version of Faulty Towers. Yeah, it came after Maud, but before Golden Girls. In between, there was a, a remake of Faulty Towers where instead of Basil and his wife, she's just both of them, basically. John Cleese commented on that. He's like, uh, 
He was excited to hear they were going to make a remake because he's like, I just wanted to get and paid. And was it called Faulty Towers? No, it was called... Hold on, i got to check. Amanda's by the Sea. Her name was Amanda and she ran a, a, an okay. inn called Amanda's by the Sea. I've never heard of it. So he was excited they were going to make a remake because he, he, he openly just said like, yeah, let's cash in, make that remake. Uh, but he's just out of curiosity, you know, any changes? And they're like, oh, one change, we're going to take out Basil. <laughs> he's just not in it. <laughs> and instead they just gave both characters lines to be Arthur. However, once I found that, I went even deeper down the Faulty Towers rabbit hole. This might be our first two-parter. I think it's going to take us two weeks to get through all this. Because what I found is not only Amanda's by the Sea, before that, so that came out in the 80s, in the 70s, there was a previous American remake of Faulty Towers called uh, Chateau Snavely that they only did a pilot episode and that's it. It just ran the pilot and uh, nothing else. And it was lost till last year. In 2020, someone found this pilot. And it starred, more Golden Girls connections, Harvey Corman and Betty White. So that's weird. Okay. And then, that's not the last one. <laughs> There's another Faulty Towers American remake that came out in 1999 called um, Pain. And it's... P-A-I-N or P-A-Y-N-E? P-A-Y-N-E. And this really does... All these shows were critically maligned. Everyone hated them all. They all got canceled, if not immediately, then within half a year. And uh, it stars John Larroquette, who I always thought he was pretty funny and stuff he's been in. But uh, his character's name is Royal Pain. And I'm like, oh, that's not clever. Mm -hmm. We're up to 1999 and you're calling people Royal Pain? So that also got canceled right well, away. It, it's painful just listening to it. Yeah, like so, <laughs> so, that was, so I was like, wow, this is a lot of stuff. So basically, though, I got the first episode of Faulty Towers, because why not? Let's watch that again and re remind ourselves about Faulty Towers. But then three separate remakes that, from what I've read, are all bad in different ways. The B. Arthur one sounds like the best one, but it doesn't sound like any of them are good. So, uh, yeah. so that's way too much for today, but maybe we'll watch like Faulty Towers and the Betty White remake. And then next week we'll watch the, uh, yeah, B. Arthur true. remake and the John Larroquette remake. And just, it's so interesting though, like every decade they tried to remake this show and just fail, fail, fail. So this will be interesting just as a way to kick off this idea of the two sides. Like let's, let's watch them fucking fuck this up over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> But first off, just real quick, so there's not much to say about any of these remakes. Yeah, so like I said, uh, Chateau Snavely, uh, 1978, one pilot, wasn't discovered till last year. Uh, Amanda's by the Sea with B. Arthur was from 1983. The Pain Show, 1999. But, Faulty Towers, just to remind ourselves about that. So Monty Python ran from 1969 to 1974, and then Faulty Towers ran in 1975. So it came right after Monty Python, and then the second series uh, of Faulty Towers was in 1979. And just like Monty Python, it wasn't all that successful at the time. Like, Faulty Towers and Monty Python both became the legendary shows that they are later. But in, like, 2019, for example, the Radio Times voted Faulty Towers the greatest British sitcom ever. So it is like a lot of big shoes to fill, and uh, America did not fill them. Uh, Basil Fawlty is based on a real hotel owner that the Monty Python troupe stayed at this hotel, and this guy was, John Cleese said, he was the rudest man he had ever met. And like, <laughs> it was just an inconvenience to him that people were in his, his hotel. So John Cleese, and I didn't know this, Connie Booth, they were actually married in real life at the yes, time. Yes, I think I knew that. 
So they went back to this hotel afterward without the Monty Python troupe just to stay, just to observe this man, <laughs> just like work on their sitcom. And uh, apparently it's not coincidence that the Faulty Tower shows are so good. They spent, it was the two of them that wrote the episodes and they spent like six weeks per episode. And because it wasn't necessarily that successful, John Cleese said the only reason they were able to do that, to put that much time into the writing, was that they took uh, advertising jobs. So he said, like, if you've ever seen me in a commercial in the mid-70s, thank that advertiser for financing mm-hmm. the writing on Faulty Towers, because it's the only way that I could afford to do that. And, uh, yeah, and there we go. So... Well, at least, uh, I mean, I'm kind of glad we got through all those this week instead of splitting it off and next week watching the other two. Because, yeah, like, uh, I mean, so what happened is a big sudden rainstorm hit. So we're like, ah, well, fuck it. Let's watch watch all of them. Let's watch all four because we're kind of trapped here anyway till this rain goes away, or at least I am. Yeah, and I mean, obviously the original is, is awesome. You know, John Cleese is ridiculously good. He's just so perfect at that character. And then the Harvey Corman one was, you know, not that bad. Better than I expected, although not the same a lot more silly and just weird dumb shit happening but but not bad but yeah then i feel like it was weird with those last two because i like b arthur and john larroquette like i can see why they picked them like b arthur's got that acerbic kind of wit and john larroquette's just such a good uh marmy fucking sleaze bag but those were the worst two for sure (laughs) but in their own right they were all pretty good. I, the last one I found was so predictable. I mean, yeah. I, that one, that one really didn't grab me. But the the first 3, the humor was good. There was the unexpected things. When you compared them to Faulty Towers, they weren't as good as Faulty Towers. Right. But if you thought of them in isolation, their own little show without doing comparisons, the first 3, I felt the the, the humor was good. There was a lot of action in it. Uh, and particularly like that B. Arthur one, you'd probably be better off if you never heard of Faulty Towers and you just caught that on TV. You'd be like, oh, all right, sure, this is all right, you yeah. know. And the same one with the Harvey Corman one yeah. and Betty White. Uh, but that last one, though, was kind of and really, yeah, very like predictable. I was, as I was saying when we were watching it, too, it's like funny to see the copy of a copy of a copy where it's just so far removed from, from the initial idea that it's like, why do you even bother? Why even call this a Faulty Towers remake? You know, because it even says at the start, you know, like adapted for TV based on Faulty Towers. But you could have not said that. I wouldn't have known. Like, if you just showed me that show, I wouldn't even think to reference Faulty Towers. Like, the the Corman one and Betty White, uh, like, that's very clearly Faulty Towers. And the B. Arthur one still got enough, you know, with, like, the uh, foreign hired help and stuff. But, yeah, by the time you get to John Larroquette, it's just its own show that's not that good. Yeah. (laughs) So... But I don't know, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to go through the decades and to see the kind of... But yeah, like I was saying too when we were watching, is instead of instead of TV getting more sophisticated as we go from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s, it kind of went the other way. It downgraded and got dumber and dumber. Whereas the original, possibly because it's British, that helps obviously, but it was definitely the sharpest of them. So yeah, I don't know. And again, neat, just a neat thing to know those all existed, but... 
I wouldn't go track down the other episodes or anything. <laughs> Just watch yeah. Faulty Towers again. Yeah, no, same. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. There's none of them that I would go out of my way to watch again. And well, Faulty Towers, I watched many of those shows originally, but. And yeah, I'd say like the additions too that they made. None of them were for the best, the betterment of the show. Like the B. Arthur one, since she plays, <laughs> you know, it's like she's both the uh original characters together so instead they added in her son and the son's wife and it's like yeah this is all worse <laughs> and like and, well and see and those first three shows that we watched were very obvious remakes of the faulty tower because they were all the same premise of the hotel inspector coming and oh yeah right and the main character sucking around and treating people with kid gloves and everything and finding out that they are not the person that they thought they were so then they they kind of get real hateful and horrible to them and everything else um whereas that last one had no connection at all it wasn't similar at all man it's weird too to see the different manuel for each of them they always pick a different country if they even do specify but i feel like that's one of those things that if they had say every 10 years they kept making remakes at some point that character just wouldn't exist anymore. It's way too politically incorrect to have a mm-hmm. whole character whose whole thing is just that he can't speak the language, so they hit him. <laughs> you know? But up until 1999, they're still doing it, you yeah. know, so. Okay, well. Yeah, so anyway, that was our first uh, foray into remakes. But I assume, like, what I assume is going to happen more often is, you know, one show, one remake. I don't know, this was just a weird situation where it's like they just can't help themselves. It's like, this time for sure. This time America's going to nail it. <laughs> and they just keep so trying. Faulty Towers ran for a couple of years, and we know that one of those shows, it was just the one show. Yeah, the Harvey Corman one was only... Yeah, just the one show. What about the others? Uh, they ran each like half a season. So they half each had season. about eight or ten episodes and then got canned. Okay, but they didn't have uh, any lasting power, even though they had big stars. Yeah. Yeah, it's, even with that John Larroquette one, uh, apparently, because John Cleese, he's not precious about his stuff. Like I was saying earlier, he was like, hey, if you'll give me money, let's do it. He uh, offered to join the cast of the John Larroquette version as like a competing hotel guy. So that would have been kind of cool to have the guy that played Basil be in it. But then it, the show was a big flop, <laughs> so that never happened. But yeah, I guess, uh, I, I mean, I assume this is what's going to happen over and over. I mean, there's so few examples where the American version is better? Virtually none. Like, you can make an argument for The Office, but the original Office, the British one, is so good, you know? It's just that the American one is good in a different way, but that's that's the exception. Usually the American remake just sucks. <laughs> so, so that's probably what we got ahead of us. The other thing, too, is I, I find this very much in American TV. Uh, people live in nice places and... Everybody dresses beautifully on TV. You hardly ever see people who are really down and out and real rough. The Faulty Towers Hotel always has something going on with it. Yeah. Something falling apart. Something, even him hanging that picture. Just can't get that picture up on the wall. And it's a pretty ugly picture when he does kind of, he keeps holding it up there. And But the other ones, the American versions, they had nothing wrong with their... Except in the B. Arthur when the stove didn't work. Right. And that's it. But the building itself was not... Because I know there's one faulty tower thing where there's a rat in the in the water tank or something. <laughs> and there's an inspector coming again and they've got to get the rat out of the water tank. And there's <laughs> stuff too... 
things like that. They always have rats and mice running around. And there's things too that just don't translate culturally, like uh, you know how in the original Faulty Towers, like Basil wants a higher class of guests, so he gets conned by this con man that pretends he's like I'm Lord Faultybroy or whatever. Meanwhile, some chavy northerner comes in and is like, oh, I got a room or whatever. Where it just it's like not, I don't know, they have that stuff in America, but it doesn't feel the same. Like instead of Lord whoever, it was a judge. And the closest you could get to like a cockney talking northern guy would just be like a like a hick, which just doesn't have the same, I don't know, you, you just can't. Or maybe you could get some black fellow was up, yeah. you know, yeah, right. <laughs> talking jive or whatever. I'm actually surprised they didn't, given the it's era. A it's a freaking wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, I mean that's where they're they're in a weird spot. Is like, you can't just make the exact same show again. You gotta change things. But then if you change things, what is this show? Well, anymore? and the thing that the Brits have, which the Americans don't have, because they believe in equality of all men, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the Brits have got that class structure. Yeah. And that's is that's like a solid wall between your high upper class who are very poo poo poo, great poupon, and all that stuff and your low lowlifes. And then you get a bunch of middle-class guys. But you get some of those young guys, those, uh, what they consider the, the, the lower class, who, my God, they can hardly speak English. You can hardly understand them at all. But those class distinctions are very well established. In, this, in the estates, they're not. Yeah, yeah, the closest to God is like the southern accent, and that's yeah. it. Which even that, it just doesn't come off the, it doesn't even come off that, the same. It's not, it's not the same. Yeah, it's like cartoonier and weirder. Yeah, yeah. but it's not the same because, uh, you know, anybody can become president of the United States in the American dream. Right. Everybody can't become prime minister. Yeah, that's in true. The British, in the British realm, you've got to have gone to the public school, which we are our private schools, you got to go to there. You've got to be higher class. Very few people do that. Those class, those class lines are very well drawn in in Britain, and they play off that. That I mean, that whole faulty tower thing was based on that. The lord, his lordship, and his, you know all that shit. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, and just the accents alone. I mean, they have so many. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it, like yeah, it's not just people gaining prowess. You've got to be someone who actually speaks the part and acts the part and dresses the part. You can't just say this guy's a judge or this guy's a lord or whatever. They've really got to have been in that class structure. It's weird too, even because uh, I mean, British shows are still very silly. Like uh, in Faulty Towers, the first episode, you know, like the the Lord guy, they pull out the chair at the wrong time and he falls down and, and the part I mentioned where Basil Faulty is shaking his fist at some flowers because he's so angry and he has no one else he can express his anger to. But then in the American one, it's like Harvey Corman is like, oh, he's choking on something and he starts punching the guy in the stomach. <laughs> like, it's really a whole different level of... It's like even the slapstick in England just has a certain sveltness to it that is just not there in America, <laughs> which is weird. It's nice, too. I mean, I guess we're definitely heaping praise on British uh, media a lot, but they kind of, they have kind of earned it, <laughs> where just even that sense of restraint, you know, like, let's do shorter series. And there was like a three or four year gap between seasons of, of Faulty Towers, like very few. They really tried to make them good. And then to not go back, where yeah, the American side is obviously just based on this, like, 
try again, try again, yeah. try again. And if any of these had worked, they would have made hundreds of them. <laughs> they would have just made episodes until everyone was sick to death of it. Yeah, they would have. <laughs> yeah, they would have. Oh, yeah, and as they do, thanks to, uh, thanks to whoever these random people are who uh, happen to have their VCR going and happen to record these shows and then happen to upload them to YouTube 20 years later. Because, uh, I mean, Faulty Towers, that was like pristine quality. Obviously, it's been archived and kept. Those other shows, no one, no but one see, saved them. A lot of people probably would have been taping those because if you were at work, but you wanted to watch it, see, you'd tape it and then yeah, watch it later because the tapes were becoming a big thing in the 1990s especially. Still lucky, though, that somebody taped the, the like, because that one with Betty White and Harvey Corman that they played one time ever in the 70s. Who even had the ability to record back then? But that somebody did and then left it in a closet or whatever <laughs> or even even the john larroquette one like somebody just was taping and they probably just forgot that they had it and then someone was going through their old shit and was like oh maybe uh is, does this exist on youtube i'll put it up and yeah, it's just neat it's like but it's because no one saw this coming no one knew we were going to have this internet where there's infinite room for everything if only somebody kept it <laughs> so it's nice yeah. that somebody kept it very nice